Hey guys, and welcome to the number 220 ever episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn, and today we are back with another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. In today's episode, we are going to be recapping the Wizards' loss against the Jazz in what was a very fun game. But then at the same time, uh, also recap their uh, 14-point win against the six-seeded Western Conference seed Sacramento Kings in what was, I think, one of the best games we've seen for the Wizards, if not the best game in the month of December here for the Wizards. And uh, then uh, most of the episode is going to be previewing this Wizards 76ers game, where I'm actually really looking forward to it. I think it could be a really fun game. Hope you guys do enjoy this episode. If you do, subscribe, follow, share, view. And, of course, as always, let's get into this. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn. start off by this episode by recapping the Wizards uh, Jazz game. And this was a good game. I had a lot of fun watching this one. And the disappointing part is that the Wizards had this game under control. First of all, real quick before I get into it, the Utah Jazz, how? They played so many players. It is insane. They had a 14-man rotation in this game, which is insane because they played like five different players. Uh, to end the game when it was kind of, you know, over, per se. So, I just kind of wanted to throw that out there because that's kind of insane. But after the Wizards fan, this was kind of disappointing because the Wizards were up six going into halftime. And in the third quarter, they just blew it apart. And it's disappointing again because wins have been hard to come by this month for the Wizards. And they didn't play a bad game. Even though Daniel Gavin was a minus 11, he had 13 points, six of nine for the field. Bradley Beal... I had 30 points, five rebounds, five assists. Like, that is literally the, like, if you needed to pick, like, a random game for Bradley Beal, like, over the past three, four, or five seasons, that would be it. Like, that's the kind of games that you usually see for Bradley Beal. This season and last season, he hasn't quite been putting up that as much of that kind of production. But when you have Bradley Beal playing like that, you know, Kuzma putting up 21, even without Porzingis, you should be able to win this game. And they weren't able to. And that is kind of the disappointing part. And, you know, when you have, you know, a guy like Monte Morris, who will break down his uh, assist-to-turnover ratio in a little bit, but when you have a guy like him who does, who's not exactly doing his job, though, uh, things just kind of start to blow away, and the Wizards' defense just wasn't really able to step up. Uh, I mean, Laurie Markkinen and Jordan Clarkson each had stretches, and they were just so dominant. Emily Beasley showed that he still got something to take. So, I mean... This isn't like one of those games like I'm going to highly criticize the Wizards, but it was also those kind of games you're just like, it's just like some of the, like, 
the, it's, uh, uh, this game that I'm about to mention is a little different, but it's like earlier this year when Shea Gilders Alexander hit the buzzer beater uh, over, I, uh, I forget who, I think it was Monte Morris guarding him. After Denny Avdi had been in foul trouble, and then they didn't have a guard there. I'm not sure if you guys remember that game. This is the stuff that fluctuates through my mind as a podcaster. And it's stuff like that. When you have a winnable game in your hands, and whether it's lack of coaching or just lack of play for one quarter specifically, loses you a basketball game, it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating as a Wizards fan. When you're in a prime position to win, it you just have it taken away in one quarter. That's it. When you really pay play even or outplay a team for three quarters, and they just play so bad for one quarter that it ruins a team. Those are the frustrating losses, and that kind of reminded me of that Oklahoma City game because they played better, much better than them those first three quarters. But the fourth quarter, the Thunder had the better coaching, the better playing, and they were able to win. When you dot. The Wizards are that kind of team where, like, if they get dominated for one quarter, it's hard for them to come back from that. And this was another one of those examples. But what impressed me more, how about this Wizards-Kings game? Let's talk about something positive here at Wiz Talk with Chase. And what a game this was all around. Christoph Porzingis comes back from injury um, and does nothing. <laughs> like, he really didn't do that. I mean, I say nothing. He has a plus nine, seven points, 13 rebounds. He had a okay game. It wasn't the kind of game that we would any. It wasn't anywhere towards like the kind of game we'd be expecting from Kristaps Porzingis. But he wasn't like bad either. He was a liability. But like two of eleven from the field. Like there's just some things that like, come on. But like defensively, he was good. He was getting his rebounds. So when the Wizards, when the Wizards can come out of a game where your second best player on a max contract has seven points. It's really good. Uh, Kyle Kuzma only had a 32-point uh, double-double. He shot 14-23 to from the field. Kuzma's really been stepping up. He's been averaging 22 points a game this season. Uh, I just I, I kind of predicted that. I kind of knew he was either going to take a big step down or a big step up, and he's taken that step up, and he showed that he can be uh, one of the most important pieces on a championship team. Uh, Rui Hachimura, welcome back. Hello? 21 points, uh, five rebounds, and four assists. For Rui Hachimura and Delon Wright made his first appearance uh, back from injury for like the first time like, since like the first two weeks of the season, and it was only at two points, only attempted in one shot, but at eight assists, a uh, plus ten plus minus. This is a very productive game overall all around for the Wizards, and defensively they were easily able to step up. But the main thing that stood out is that the Wizards have a two big lineup, and this is not the only time we have seen a two big lineup for the Wizards work out. Now I know against the Miami Heat in their overtime victory in mid to late November. I forget exactly the time, right? I think it was like mid going into late November. And the Wizards were in a double, I think it went to, no, it went to just overtime against the Miami Heat. And they ran a two-big lineup to end the game with Christoph Porzingis and Todd Gibson. In this game, the Wizards ran a two-big lineup with Porzingis and Gafford. And with a guy like Porzingis, I, don't, I didn't think you could have him play power forward with uh, with a big in the paint that can't shoot like a Todd or a, or a DG, but now that I'll see that that's working, I really think the sky's the limit with those options here for West Hudson Jr. He could try so many different lineups to try to get Beal and Kuzma those golden opportunities to open up poor poor Zingas shooting game. I, I, again, I think uh, the, the the opportunities are limitless. Uh, if they're if they are able to run the two big lineup and being able to run the two big lineup is so important with this Wizards team, I cannot tell you enough how important it is to be able to run that two big lineup because it allows Beal, Kuzma, 
and Porzingis to do their thing on the outside and be those scores. And if you could get 20, 25 out of all of them, that's between 60 and 75 points right there, assuming none of them goes over 25. Like, that's insane. If you just you uh, utilize their scoring opportunities, and then you could have someone uh, dominate the paint. That's why I want to play Daniel Gafford so much, because I think if you give him the repetition of playing, he could really become that paint guy, and the Wizards could build a two-big lineup, a really successful two-big lineup. And then with Monte Morris, who I'm about to mention, has the best assisted turnover ratio in the Eastern Conference, getting um, it is, uh, getting um, it is, uh, 5.9 assists to every one turnover. That's insane. That's an amazing ratio. Again, it's the best in the Eastern Conference, second best in the NBA. So, like, that is a very good sign. I think if the Wizards can open up this two big lineup and they're able to succeed with it, again, the sky is the limit for West Elso Jr. and the opportunities that the Wizards could use from this to open up their team. I would like, even though Denny Avdia, the reason why this happened was because Denny Avdia was out. Even though Denny Avdia is coming back in this game, I would like to see the Wizards try to use this two big lineup with Porzingis and Gafford. Not Taj. Don't waste it with Taj. Do it with Porzingis and Daniel Gafford because I think if the Wizards want to contend, it is going to be surrounded by this two big lineup between Porzingis and Gafford and then letting Kuzma and Beal do their thing. And I think if the Wizards want to make a run here at the playoffs after this really disappointing stretch in December, it will be surrounded around that system. All right, let's do a preview. This is my favorite part of the episode. I can't describe it, but I like talking about coming games more than previous games. I like talking about previous games a lot. Let's talk about this one. This one's going to be interesting. Denny Avdia is questionable, but it does look like he is going to play. Tyrese Maxey is for the 76ers. But besides that, usually it's opposite here with this talk with Chase. Usually we have a lot of injuries today. Not so much as we, we are going to do uh, the starting lineup, as we always do. Uh, for the 76ers, it should be Shake Milton filling in that point guard spot with James Harden at the two, Tobias Harris at the three, P.J. Tucker at the four, and the league-leading scorer, Joel Embiid, at the five for the Wizards. Uh, if Denny Avdia does come back, it will be Monte Morris, Bradley Beal, Denny Avdia, Kyle Kuzma, and Christoph Porzingis, the lineup that we have seen for the majority of the season. It will be fun to see the Wizards uh, go against Montrez Harrell today after we did have a short, fun stint uh, with the Wizards uh, last season. But let's preview it. I have the 76ers, unfortunately, coming out of this game with a W, 119 to 111, starting off with my Coburn's catch. I think the 76ers will win this game because the Wizards just simply don't have an answer for Joel Embiid. In his career against the Washington Wizards, Joel Embiid has averaged nearly 27 points, 12 rebounds, and two blocks, along with a 10-6 record. <clears throat> if you really think about that, that's just insane numbers right there. He has four 30, point, 30 or more games, uh, six games with 29 or more points, and nine games with 25 or more points against the Wizards in his career. Insane. And even though I was just praising Porzingis and Gafford for how good they are, and defensively, they had to combine four blocks last game. They are great rim protectors. Um, I just don't see them having a legitimate answer for Embiid. It means like... When it comes to centers, and it's a beat and Jokic, and then it's everyone else. And when it comes to just strength and bullying people in the paint, like Joel Embiid is the modern day version of that, and he's just super dominant. I don't think the Wizards have the strength, and they don't have just the rip protecting period. They don't have someone that can just guard Joel Embiid. Be like, all right, I'll guard him. They don't have that, and so Embiid is going to have an amazing day. And Again, as I mentioned, he's the league's leading scorer. He's averaging a career high, 33.4 points, and he will dominate and help the 76ers secure their ninth. Their ninth straight win. 
My surprising statement in this game is that Bradley Beal will not have 30 or more points. And the reason why I say this is surprising is because Beal has had some pretty insane performances against the 76ers in his career. He had a 60 bomb in the early 2021 season. I remember watching that. Um, and then he had a 40-point performance in February of 2017. He's also just had consistent performance as well. Since <clears throat> returning to the Wizards, um, after a six-game stretch where he was out, Beal has averaged 27.5 points, as in this four-game stretch, the Wizards are 2-2, two and two, despite being on the West Coast against four either uh, most play-in, I mean playoff, if not at worst, play-in caliber teams. And all the work, that's very impressive. Um, however, he's only, the reason why I say he won't cross, I'm, I'm praising him up for half the surprising statement now. Why don't I think he's going to get it? However, he's only crossed that 30 mark just once over that four-game stretch, and he's just he's no longer that scoring machine that we always used to think of Bradley Beal. And I kind of mentioned that uh, earlier in this episode. I still be I still see him being one of the more productive players on the court. I see him being one of the most important players on the court, and being a reason why the Wizards have success as he always does. He'll still put up and get a decent performance, but he just will not cross that thirty-point mark. A uh, spread time, I and the Wizards are five-point underdogs. Uh, and they and the over under is two hundred and twenty five. Um, I would I would like to pick the over because I do have two hundred and thirty points um in this game, and I would pick the seventy sixers. I do have them securing an eight point victory. Um, my spread out of the exact same spread. Seventy sixers is five point favorites. I think that makes a lot of sense as a road team going against a really talented offense. And then I think the over under should be two hundred twenty seven and a half. I just think it's going to be higher score, a little higher scoring than the over under is suggesting. Fantasy Outlook, I have Joella B getting 60 to 65 fantasy points. I have Kyle Kuzma getting 50 to 55 fantasy points. I have Bradley Beal getting 45 to 50 fantasy points. And I have the beard, James Harden, getting 40 to 50 fantasy points. What punctuation do you put on that percentage? I think ESPN giving the 76ers a 61.4% chance of winning makes a lot of sense. The 76ers are the hottest team in basketball right now because despite starting off 12 and 12 throughout basically a quarter of the season, uh, now that the beat has gotten healthy, the 76ers are on an eight-game winning streak, which has put their record at 20-12 and 12 and in a prime position to go make a run here at the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. James Harden has still been very productive, even if he has his mind uh, you know, more set on, on, on Houston. And the Wizards have been one of the worst teams in the NBA in the month of December. They have just three wins in December even though they are a talented offense and have been playing better recently. So I think this makes sense. I would give this percentage a period. And last, as you guys know, certainly not least, who you got? I think Kyle Kuzma is going to have a very good game in this matchup. Kuzma is coming off of a 32-point performance in a 14-point victory over Sacramento. and He's improved his play from last year, and last year he was the team's leading scorer. He's averaging at nearly 22 points a season. I think he'll lead the team in scoring, knock down a few threes, and have another Kuzma-type game, even if they come just short. I see him having 31.7 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, 9 of 19, shooting 9 of 19 for the field, 5 of 8 from downtown, 9 of 10 from the free throw line. He will have 3 turnovers. He sometimes is a little turnover happy, but I do think overall he will have a good game and be a key reason why the Wizards are still in this game. Hope you guys 
did enjoy this episode. If you did, subscribe, follow, share, view. Even though I am predicting the 76ers to win, I can't describe it. I'm getting a really good feeling. I feel like maybe the Wizards could upset the 76ers tonight. And uh, I hope you guys uh, do enjoy that game. I know, of course, I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, but I do want to let you guys know uh, we will have an episode before this, before the new year. But uh, in the new year, we are going to have some great guests on the podcast. And we have a guest just right after the new year. And so I'm not going to say names yet because I kind of want it to be a surprise. But just know we have a very, very special guest. Is also a Wizards fan. He is joining. He is going to be joining the show here for an episode. So uh, that is going to be a lot of fun. Stay tuned for that. He's also going to be on the Pool Sports Network as well. You guys know the drill. Um, hope you guys um did enjoy this episode. If you did, subscribe, follow, share, view. As always, enjoy the game tonight. And of course, as always, I'll see you next time. Peace.